Hello again, and welcome to the Red Dwarf intro cast, where we discuss Red Dwarf, episode by episode, two newbies and two longtime fans journey into the far reaches of space on the mining ship Red Dwarf. My name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. And I'm Sarah. And today we are discussing episode three, Balance of Power. Tell us about it, Shane. This still wants to go on a date with the Holocaust of Navigational Officer Christian Chansky, much to Rimmer's disapproval. This decides to go to a cooking exam so he can rank Rimmer, but Rimmer has a cunning plan. A cunning plan. <laughs> a cunning plan. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and we're back oh. to Blackadder. <laughs> yeah. Already. Wow, I think that's a record. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, cooks outrank engineers. Love it. Oh, it's technician, technically. Technician. Oh, that's right, technician. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was trying to be an engineer, but he was really bad at it because he spent so much time on revision timetables instead of yeah. studying. <laughs> yeah, the whole scene where they're in the nightclub part and he's, like, asking for his revision timetable and it's, like, all the ones with bright colors and stuff. And it's, like, yeah, he spent seven weeks doing it. Yeah. You know, and when he really should have been learning the actual course, he was spending time coloring in his revision plan. Yeah. So he's really good at organizing himself to procrastinate. <laughs> Very Hermione. Interesting. Yeah. Tables. But at least Hermione actually studied. Yeah. She did. <laughs> Interesting. She had that clock as well that took her back yeah. in time and stuff. She could have spent days, months studying. <laughs> That. Interesting you talk about that um, flashback sequence. The flashback sequence was at one point indicative of where Rob and Doug, were, that's the creators of the show, were aiming to take the show, a lonely guy recording his lost past, even though this was eventually abandoned. Oh. See, that scene to me, and I, I like made notes about this, I wrote, finally, uh, Lister shows a little bit of understandable emotion that all of his friends died. You know, where where was that in the first episode? Um, yeah, it, it really freaked me out how he was like, oh, everyone that I've known for the past few months is dead. Mm. Hmm. That's oh, well. <laughs> that's potentially indicative of the fact that this is actually the second episode originally yeah. before they decided to move around to the broadcast schedule. That's what you were saying, Heath. You were saying this works at uh, as a second episode rather yeah. than well, a third. Well, you know, Shane had told us last week that... Um, uh, the second episode was meant to be, like, episode four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that makes sense, because, like, it seems like there was already a status quo that we didn't see get established. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in this one, we're seeing the initial struggles as we get to the status quo that mm. happened before it should have happened. But it will have been happening in some future point. Simple as that. <laughs> well, this story was actually written... At- as pure sitcom at the request of the BBC, who didn't want the show to have it to be too heavy on science fiction elements. And that was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it works really well. It mix, it mixes two of it, two elements really well, I think. Like the humour side, which a lot of sci fi doesn't do. It usually takes right. itself really seriously and mm-hmm. this doesn't, which is it's such a kind of relief to it sometimes because it can get quite heavy. And then it has like the humor element, which makes you kind of go, well, this is quite good. I'm not worrying about it anymore. It kind of relieves the pressure a bit, I think. And that's why it works so well, and it's kind of lasted as long as it has, especially for like long-term fans. It's like, mm. oh, this is a really serious moment. Oh, look, there's some toilet humor, and that kind of makes it. I think an episode like this would have worked better 
like the episode right before the season finale or series finale. Sorry. No problem. You know, some funny romp right before everything gets serious. But uh, I mean, we had future echoes, which Mm -hmm. was kind of serious, but we haven't had a chance to get serious. It was, it felt out of place. I don't know. Yeah, you, Angela. I think um, before before we knew about the, the, that it was filmed purposefully as more of a sitcom, said that it felt like an episode of Friends, and it kind of <laughs> did. And and then we started trying to think up a theme song. You know, no one told you life was going to be this way, drifting in outer space. Your friends are DOA. So um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you could actually have a Friends kind of theme tune to it as well, but it does actually, like, when you when you listen to the Red Dwarf theme tune, it does have that kind of element of humour there True. to it as well. True, especially so, the thing theme. Yeah, which, yeah. you know, it's weird. I've I've seen the beginning and the show, uh, beginning and end of the show several times now, and I didn't pick up until this time that it's the same song. Oh, right. It's, it's, yeah. it's, an, it's an orchestral version um, of the pop version at the end. Yeah, the, 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 and they play it through through it as well. Like, they'll have, like, a kind of brass bit coming through with the do 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 kind of playing when they're kind of cutting between the scenes and stuff as well. It's the opposite so. of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes. You have the funny mm-hmm. version at the beginning and the orchestral version at the end. Huh. Right. Anyway, beautiful show. Anyway, uh, important thing, important thing. We found out why Rimmer was the one chosen to be a hologram. Yes. Which is yes. what I've been asking for, like, <laughs> two episodes. <laughs> yeah, to keep, like, less of sane, basically. But, uh, I, like, this it like, because that does kind of allude to that, like, like, the worst thing could happen to you is to be locked in a room with your friends. So it kind of yeah. alludes to the idea of that. But it doesn't actually specifically say what could go wrong, you know, if you were to be locked up in that situation. It just kind of hints at it. But it doesn't actually go into it in any depth. But, mm. you know, it's just, I think there's a bit of political license there, you know. So mm. it's not actually given any facts or figures. It's just kind of put into the storyline. Well, obviously, if Lister was stuck with one of his drinking buddies, he would never get anything done and stay yeah. drunk all the time. Oh. If he was stuck with Christine Kachansky, he would have a weird relationship with a woman who he could never touch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he'd, probably, he'd probably end up horribly frustrated and, and probably yeah. dead. <laughs> really, really. I mean, uh, it was quite funny when they when they had... Uh, chance to come in and remember when he changed back remember changed the disc again remember had the breast still and he's like it was okay you can keep the keep that alteration he walked so <laughs> that was really funny so, so in this bit. episode yeah we, we learned that uh, the holograms people the hologram people can in fact feel both pain uh, getting kicked in sensitive places uh, and, and at least you know pleasure as far as tactile sensation uh, with themselves so yeah. why is th- was this necessary for their programming? Well, to give the dead Ooh. some rights. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dead rights. <laughs> Don't yeah. give all the sensation to the live ones. Yeah. This, this isn't true blood. <laughs> <laughs> did you find Rimmer as annoying as I did? 
Uh, you know, in this episode, yeah. he was yeah. The, they they really played um, up the whole Martinet. Oh, and he started hurling his uh, typical abuse at Cat for no reason. Yeah, yeah, that's kind They're of the rumor the coming out. You know, I think that's that's kind of element of rumor that he's just he is passive aggressive on a regular basis. I think, mm. and he doesn't even mean to be. I think that's part of his personality. He's, he's just a smeghead. You know, yeah, he is a but. It's it's one of those things that you'll see more of at first. I think maybe you you, you kind of feel for him, and then you realise why people don't have much sympathy for him for failing the engineering exam eleven times and things. You know, <laughs> it, it's like he's trying to make friends and he's trying to improve himself. He just has absolutely no knowledge of how to go about it. Yeah, but he always ends up blaming his parents. You know, kind of thing. He just says. You know, oh well, he blames it on something. It's either oh the yeah. test was too hard or something. He never blames himself. There's always something else there that that's an excuse for it. Is it's just it's just like the worst kind of characteristics in somebody. I think, but yeah. he always has that co- like he always has that kind of comical side to him as well. But it's kind of the jokes on him, which is a mm-hmm. bit unfair. But you know, at times. He's he's a character you love to you love to laugh at because you you just think oh you really are a smeg you know. So. Well, he's Daffy Duck. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, Daffy Duck, actually. always trying too hard. While Lister is Bugs Bunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. I see that. I think I agree with that. Yeah, very true. I think Rumor being a master of hide and seek is more indicative of the fact that nobody actually wants to go and find him. <laughs> I thought. <Yeah>. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, well, we have to mention the very 80s party. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. It's still the up. 80s in the 22nd century. This goes back <laughs> and it's better than ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, I think there's definitely Hawaiian shirts. And the outfits were definitely the 80s. Yes, and sure. the hairstyles and the music oh. and the lighting. and Yeah. yeah. Disco ball and sort of early techno pop going on mm-hmm. oh definitely this is, I'm sure there's, there's still nightclubs like that in Glasgow to be honest so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they haven't updated <laughs> but now people go to it ironically yeah <laughs> it's sort of retro now everyone's yeah. like oh yeah that's great yeah the 80s are now back in fashion so the bad hairdos are coming yeah. back in style Keith, your sister is always wearing the eighties. It's true. She will occasionally do like you know the the big earrings, headbands, big earrings, like the, yeah, shirt one shirt off the shoulder for some reason. Yeah, yeah. the the ah. leggings with the shorts. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's so many there's so many people that do that nowadays. You just wear the the, the short shorts. I always think of Homer Simpson saying, we like short shorts, or whatever it is. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just thinking that's what you see in the shopping mall, like, most yeah. of the kids dress like that, you're like, oh. But it was like that, I'm sure, if you looked through every shot of the room in the nightclub, there'd be someone dressed like that. Yeah. So, I, I never, hey, but, but there was kind of power pads, you know, big shoulder things, you know, and you're like, you don't need to wear that. It's not yeah, I necessary. remember cutting the, the shoulder pads out of my clothes all the time until they finally got it through their heads that no one wanted these, and now people want them again. 
Anyway, yeah. what were you going to say, Heath? <laughs> uh, let's, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yes, yes. We have an update um, on on our cat theory. Now, yes. we, for, for folks who haven't been listening, Angela and I have figured out uh, that the rest of Cat's race, the other cat people, were destroyed after being enslaved to make suits for cats and then eventually, uh, for cat, and then eventually he made suits out of uh, the rest of his species. Yeah. Um, however, uh, we and, have more know, on this. <laughs> well, the food source, that's the thing. We had been theorizing, you know, what have they been eating all of these years? Two things now reflect on this. One, apparently some of the food survived uh, because, you know, they have their little containers that say beer on them and whatnot, and and they have, what was it, uh, uh, irradiated... Irradiated haggis. Yeah, all the irradiated haggis. So apparently and storage has improved and some food can last for three million years. The other thing, though, <laughs> our theory had been uh, that the cats had been surviving off the replicators, but they could not have because Cat did not know about the replicators. Rimmer taught Cat about the replicator and how to get fish, 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 fish. So, again, what have these cats been eating, uh, if not each other? So I don't know. I don't know. This is getting creepy. I, I, the, this, the horror scenes that that we're going to see here. <laughs> we're going to see the whole room just lined with cat skins. Yes. Yeah. You never know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give any spoilers. That it'll come up in depth in the series. What happens? But we still choose to believe at this point that Cat is a brutal, uh, genocidal warlord. Yes. <laughs> Because he is. But with fashion sense, John Jules does play cat very well. I have to say, uh, he's yeah. definitely oh, yeah. the I, best. Well, yeah, I think most crazy tyrants have excellent fashion sense. Uh, <laughs> I mean, seriously, go back through history and find, you know, a, a crazy tyrant dictator that, that didn't have a sense of style. You know? <laughs> I suppose you have to, with all that killing, yeah. death, 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 wardrobe change, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I'm getting a little irritated. The first few times I heard Kat say, how am I looking? Looking good. But now I feel like it's just becoming a catchphrase. I think it is. Oh, he's he's doing this again. Okay. I I guess it fit with the whole sitcom feel. And if this were the second episode, they were establishing that. So if it's... If it's going to be a once per episode thing, that's fine. But again, we're, we're still looking for some character from Kat. Yeah, it's like Stewie at the beginning of Family Guy saying, yes, yes. victory is mine all the time. and I will destroy you. Yes. He, like, dropped yeah. it after a while. And then they made fun of that. So. Okay, Um, I have that Rimmer lies in the bed and can bunch up the pillows. Does he have holographic pillows? He must have. <laughs> I've been wondering <laughs> about Or that must be... Yeah, yeah. You how about you can touch some out, things uh, and not other things? I think you've probably picked out like a, <laughs> a actual wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like he was leaning on things, some things early. Like he can walk on the ship's deck, of course. So yeah. Holly has to at least keep up with some dimensional uh, expectation of uh, parameters for him, but. Yeah. yeah, as far as his affecting other things, yeah, moving the pillows themselves. Uh, is that something new? Mm. Possibly, yeah. Possibly, possibly. Um, 
you're talking about Rimmer being a, uh, asleep in bed. Yes. Uh, when he actually woke up in the morning when he was trying to find uh, Lister, and he, the fact he, he was saying he didn't um, set his motivator. Mm-hmm. Yes. In that very same scene, if you listen to Holly's voice, it's obviously when they... It's indicative of the fact that it was the second episode sh- shot, but it's the oldest Red Dwarf episode because obviously they remade the end at the end of when in that seventh studio day. Mm, yeah. Um, they mm. didn't redub Holly's voice for the scene. Ah. So it's hmm. much more um, muted and much more computerized. Oh, hmm. right. Cool. <laughs> I've never noticed it before. I was watching it the other day and. First time I ever yeah. it. Brilliant. Let's see. Oh, yeah. And then that, uh, well, no, that was a different scene. But no, uh, just his, his answer to the red quasar question. I got a real about that. <laughs> Mainly because. First, we have to define red yeah. and quasar. I've, I've read some, some student papers that read a lot like that. Yes. What is red? <laughs> what is a star? And then, of course, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines red <laughs> and a star as <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my eyes out. Anyway, uh, what uh, else? Scudder, oh, Scudder's Scudder. watching westerns. No, we don't know it was a western. We just know it was a movie with cows in it. Well, it could it like be cows. I like to think it was just a film strip of lots and lots of cows. <laughs> I like the Scudder bots. The Scudders are actually yeah. old shoeboxes and engines of remote control cars. Aww. Hmm. And. They had a set problem due to the fact that the radios were being constantly interfered with by the radios of a local taxi cab company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, one reported the poke Craig Charles in the eye, and another launched an attack on Chris Berry's groin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that adds a, a bit of realism, them actually having a mind of their own, then. <laughs> <laughs> but it was... When they were moving the little hand thing, was yeah. the, that had to have been a puppet, right? Yeah, that was a, that, yeah, that was a uh, puppet glove, yeah. 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 Making the lewd gesture that we recognized, even though we're not British. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How did Rimmer convince Holly to change him out for the Kachansky skin. I mean, he can barely get Holly to give him a fresh suit or a, or a decent haircut. Why would Holly agree to deceive Lister uh, with the Kachansky physique? Because he thought it was funny. Yeah, because Holly would have thought it was funny. Yeah, I think Holly's probably just does stuff just to keep herself, or keep himself entertained. So it's just a case of, oh, that sounds funny, yeah, I'll do it. It's like... I think it just, I think Holly just kind of allows like parts of the story to carry on and you know, if it fits in then Holly will let Rimmer do it. It'll be fine. I would have liked to see that scene though of Rimmer convincing Holly to do this. Yeah. That would yeah. have been quite funny. Did you know that some of the the conversation would have been probably quite interesting. It could just yeah. probably come up with quite a few funny jokes. What were you going to say, Shane? Did you notice that the Rimmer Kachansky actually entered the room from a different door? Nope. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't. Nope. Uh, yeah, uh, in, the, uh, conf- in the teaching room, I should say, uh-huh. um, they actually made a hole in the set to make Kachansky walk through a different door. And if you look very, very closely at that scene, you can actually see the 
bunk room set. Oh. Right through. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That cake did not look appetizing either. They had the awfulest cakes on this show. Yeah. First it was the nasty gray cross cake, and then it was that cake that Lister made. Yeah, I'm trying to make, what was it, beef stew, like a beef joint or something like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it ended up with some weird gray and purple cake. Yeah, with some cream on top. Mm-hmm. So again, another uh, another early uh, Firefly influence there. Protein cake. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe another reference. You never know. Hmm. But and then there there was one time where Lister was was studying for the cook's exam, which brilliant by the way, mm-hmm. trying to yeah. outrank him by taking the easiest exam ever. Um. But then he was trying to drink out of a cup and got pencils instead. Was that a joke? No, on no. Uh, I think I think a cigarette butt fell out. Yeah, that was- oh, okay. He he put his cigarette out in his drink and then forgot. Ah. And if you right. look, if you look very very closely, those cigarettes don't actually come from the can. Ah. Um, bit of a behind the scenes uh, secret here. It, Craig Charles actually secretly palmed the cigarette, so when he turned the can upside down, that actually fell out of his hand and not the can. Oh, nice. I know that. Is he an amateur magician? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) Possibly, possibly, but you've got to watch it in slow motion to catch that, to be fair, so... (laughs) I was going to be watched it in slow motion, Jane. Yeah. very thorough. Yes, I am. I am, I am, yes. But their bartering over the um, the cigarettes made me think they were in prison. Mm. <laughs> well, and and in a very real way, they kind of are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Confined space. Well, size of a city, but still nowhere else to go apart from the ship. Yeah. Ooh. Speaking of minutia, uh, I mm-hmm. guess you will know this, Shane, since you pay attention to detail. Angela and I were debating mm-hmm. in the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Lister painting uh, the word Red Dwarf, or is he cleaning the outside of the ship? I would say it's a painting it. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was painting sure. too, but I wasn't. It's, I had no idea. Yeah, it's painting. Cool. Why? <laughs> <laughs> like, so many things in Red Dwarf, why go for the list of irradiated Haggai? Sad. <laughs> We should, Probably because he's ordered it by Rimmer. We should get a sword bell. Well, now he can't be ordered by Rimmer because he outranks Rimmer. Yeah. I was going to ask about that, actually. What do you think is going to happen now the now Lister is outranking Rimmer? Hmm. Well, Rimmer would, of course, try to get a higher rank, but he's no good at exams. Although and he... He won't take an easier exam. He's got that, you know, he's pretentious enough that he can only take the engineer's exam, the hardest one. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, as as, as uh, Lister rightly points out, Rimmer is Rimmer's a martinet. He will follow orders and and respect the chain of command, but he will try and find some way within the rules to get uh, Lister demoted. That's what I'm seeing. 
and at the same time annoy him to no end by being a creepy brown noser. Oh, not well, whether that or um, Lister's own uh, dislike of responsibility and doing anything. Maybe uh, Rimmer will lord over the responsibilities of being a chef, which would probably mean cooking a certain number of meals a day for absolutely no one that will be there yeah. to eat them and force, yeah. uh, force Lister to give up the position willingly. I think Lister probably, I don't know. Just have to wait to see, yeah. actually. Yeah. That's her theory. That's plausible. I've got to yeah. see. That, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop singing on this podcast. Our, our listeners don't deserve that. Why, why would I do that to them? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you have a lovely singing voice. Oh, really? You all just think I've got a theory. and can't put you. Listeners, there will be a big surprise coming up for these two in a few weeks' time. Keep tuned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but actually, though, that is... That's all of my notes. I didn't have nearly as much to say about this episode as, as the last one, the last one being a crazy, uh, timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly mystery. Um, yeah. This but, one was a bit uh, more straightforward. I have around uh, the sad flashback to the party, lots of all caps, sad, sadness. Yes. <laughs> the return of Arthur Weasley. Yes. Yeah. And Arthur Weasley's arm. <laughs> Attacking Rimmer. Mm. Hey, a Scutterbot got this. <laughs> so yes, that's that's what we thought, and you can tell us what we think. Email us at the Red Dwarf Podcast at gmail dot com. You can follow us on Twitter. Bit of a change here at twitter dot com slash Red Dwarf Intro. One word: Red Dwarf Intro. Uh, you can join our Facebook group called uh, the Red, Red Dwarf, Dwarf Introcast. Introcast, right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, keep all feedback spoiler-free. If you want to give episode-specific feedback, talk about an episode that us newbies might not have seen yet, uh, just you know, make a note of that. Say, do not read until you have seen this episode, or this feedback is about this episode. And you know, that way we won't get spoiled, and you can have the pleasure of our shocked reactions to Kat's uh, impending domination uh, an enslavement <laughs> of uh, Lister and Rimmer. Yes. Yep. <laughs> now on to feedback. I believe we have two emails this week. Uh, one from Jonathan Caps and one from Jay Hunter. Uh, Angela, do you want to read the one from Jonathan first? Sure thing. Uh, Jonathan says, excellent episode. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, Jonathan. I found Sarah's comments about future Echoes interesting because normally with longtime Red Dwarf fans, this ranks as one of their favorite episodes. So for an only give five out of ten was surprising, but I guess series one is a fairly atypical series compared to the other and the more sedate tone can divide opinion. But the extra jeopardy and solid, amazing executed sci-fi concept at the center of future Echoes is something I thought worked exceptionally well. Oh, that was one sentence. <laughs> Something that's worth pointing out is Ed Buys, the director, uh, work with split screens, which was rarely used technology at the time, especially for a low, uh, a little 
BBC sitcom and was executed perfectly and really added to the effectiveness of Rimmer and Lister's repeated conversation scene, allowing Rimmer to be in shot twice for the brief moment really helps to sell the concept. Ed's inventive direction is something you'll come to get used to as the show goes on, especially towards the end of the series. Very cool. So, balance of power next. You'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who rates this episode particularly high, no kidding. And I think a large part of that is that it's technically the oldest of the episodes. The end was almost entirely reshot in the seventh week, in lieu of the seventh episode, that somehow they got away with not making. Future Echoes was shot fifth, and so Balance of Power, which was shot second, has little to no reshot scenes. So this is the one episode that best represents the very start of production and all the rough edges that come with it. Once again, I'd be really interested to hear what Heath and Angela make of it. Uh, thanks for the shout-out to Ganymede and Titan, by the way. You're welcome. We're all very uh, appreciative how you dealt with the whole name clash situation. At least well, we can we do are... after we stole your name. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we are appreciative for your polite tone and, you know, giving us the benefit of a doubt. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, yeah. al- we also have one from Jay Hunter Jay from the OSW Review which is a wrestling podcast uh, he starts by Balance of Power could be the least funniest episode of Red Dwarf ever made that's not to say it's a bad episode <laughs> just focusing on building the Rimmers and Lister's characteristics and their relationship which is an important job that the episode does well it is very different to the high concept of future echoes Cats provides the most comic relief t- by being fished to death, yes. which was hilarious. Question though, this just took Rimmer's learning drugs. Are they still in date after three million years? Everything is still in date after th- three million years. They have amazing storage. After three <laughs> yeah. million years and being uh, subjected to a radiation storm that dissolved all of the uh, people yeah. crew. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but they were kind of stored away, so. Yeah. You know. This is like Tupperware 3000. Like, yeah. yeah. So the marijuana gin, even, is still good. And the cigarettes. Yep. Anyway, go ahead, Shane. For comparison, I watched the remastered edition. In addition to copying the frame to its name and voice screen, they replaced a lot of the, the sound cues and effects. Notice having the original episode burned into my head, this is actually quite jarring. Notably, they replaced Holly's computer image with his unnoted face and edited the part where Rimmer, in Kachetsky's body, takes a peek at her breast and says, I've seen something you haven't, Squire, and as well as all the black card dialogue. There's a few poignant moments, the flashback and the disco, which phrase into this to being alone, and Rimmer has that this doesn't want Kachetsky around because he, will get, he won't get turned back on again, i.e. he's afraid of effectively dying again. Yeah. Overall, an interesting episode, which sets up the characters and situation well, but not as enjoyable as far as Red Dwarf usually goes. Hmm. Yeah, they edited out the peeking at the boobs scene. Mm. That's sad. Mm. That was really funny. That was sort of Rimmer finally getting one over Lister. Yeah. Yeah. Before we move on to the quotes and ratings, I just want to play a quick message from our good, very, very good friends at the Total Wrestling Show, because promotional consideration paid for by the following.
Hey, this is Andy and Dan from Total Wrestling Show. Are you enjoying the programming right now? It's been a great show, and if you're enjoying this, don't forget to tune in every Sunday, 6 p.m. GMT, for Total Wrestling Show Live. And if you want to be part of the most interactive Facebook group in the wrestling world ever, go to facebook.com forward slash TWS Live, or you can tweet us at TWS Mania. And don't forget, if you can't join us live every Sunday at 6 p.m. at TotalWrestlingShow.com, you can always check us out on podcast, and that is off the iTunes feed. And while you're there, leave us a review. Exactly. So if you want to have the latest news, the latest reviews, the latest competitions, and the latest superstar interviews, join us for Total Wrestling Show Live, the UK's number one in pro wrestling interactive talk. Yes, that's an ad from our very good friends over at the Total Wrestling Show. Uh, they do a wonderful show. Uh, Shout out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, definitely. But now we're going to move on to quotes. So, Angela, uh, what's your favorite quote of this episode? Oh, let's see. Um, I still have Rimmer quotes, of course. Uh, there's still a pecking order, and I'm pecking you, baby. <laughs> That's quite a good one. I went for I went for a Lister one, which was when he went, when they were having the drinking game. And they were having to name things, and they said, "What's in jars?" And they said, "Brains." I says, "Yeah, but my <laughs> uncle was in the, had his brain in a jar." And it's like, "So what's wrong with that?" I said, "I was still alive at the time," so Aww. that was my quote. So, uh, one personal for me, actually. Why don't you listen to something cla- really classical, like Mozart, Mendelssohn, or Motorhead? Yeah, <laughs> I like that one. I, had it um, I have. Whose ears are these, Holly? They're like two radar dishes stuck higgledy-piggledy on the side of my head. There you are. (laughs) More from me. How do you do, Lister? That's how do you do, Mr. Lister, sir? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have one, uh, mostly because it's very sad. It's Saturday night. I want to boogie on down. And then, of course, his boogieing on down is sitting alone with... uh, four and three quarter cigarettes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm not tense. Of course you're tense, you rectum faced pygmy. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually quite a good one. I, I was considering that one too. <laughs> I'm a bit out of sorts. I'm having a woman's period. No one says woman's period. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? Learning drugs? They're illegal, matey. Where did you get them? I'm afraid you're in serious, grave, deep trouble. This, where did you get them? I want names, I want places, I want dates. Arnold Rimmer, his locker, this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. I think you got all the good quotes. I couldn't think of any other ones. So I did, uh, well, didn't, didn't care for it as a quote so much, but I just like picturing it. The I'm penalizing you one quarter cigarette for saying check in a variety of silly voices. I wanted to see that. <laughs> I wanted yeah. to see the variety of silly voices. Yeah, I think that would have been quite funny. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to ratings now. Yeah. Heath, what was your rating for this episode? Oh, making me go first. Um, well, to be honest, I mean, this seemed to be just a let's establish the status quo episode. There wasn't much sci-fi, as we've discussed. There were some funny moments, but I feel like it was a bit raw. Um, I needed a bit of work. So I'm going to go ahead and rate this one kind of low and give it a five irradiated haggis. 
or haggises. Haggisai? I'm not sure. What is the plural of haggis? I think it's Haggai, which is the book of the Bible. Haggai, Haggai yes. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out that whole book is all about Haggis. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this week I'm going to give it four trade anagrams. Um, I, I guess I can go next. Um, and I feel like I'm counting down because I gave it three sad '80s parties. Yeah, it was. It was like a Friends episode. It was kind of boring. There was some funny part, but I'm like, why show this on a spaceship? You know, why? Why aren't you in an apartment somewhere? Well, I'm just going to go for the five lagers and curries. So it's just, it was good, but it wasn't anything to write home about. So, yeah, that's me. I'm just keeping it at a kind of level. So I can't think of anything that really stood out from an actual episode. So let's see, 4 into 17, that is an average of 4.25. Wow. Not very good. Got to oh. got 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 kick it up a notch. Uh, and maybe they will kick it up a notch next week, and our homework will be... Waiting for God. Waiting Which is for awesome. God. That's Waiting not a spoiler. I like this one. So. Hey, yeah. that's a spoiler. No, it's not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. They're all awesome. See, so. now you're, you're, raising, you're just raising our expectations so high, and we're going to be yeah. like, well, Sarah it's said like, it was fast. awesome. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so Heath and Angela, what do you think "waiting for God" means? Yeah. See, last week we we did this off. Uh, we didn't record this part, but I totally nailed what this one was about. Uh, but waiting for God, I have no idea actually. Um, uh, not written by Samuel Beckett. No. <laughs> oh, literature <laughs> person. Waiting for Godot. Um, I don't know, maybe they're in some sort of peril that only, like, a Doucette Mechana can save them, so they're waiting for God. Or maybe, um, maybe they get a strange message from a wayfaring traveler who takes over the ship and takes them to a strange part of space beyond the Forbidden Zone, and they meet a weird old uh, bearded guy and then they say why would god need a starship and then uh, oh star trek guy <laughs> no pro- probably not uh, i was wondering where you were going with that heath actually i have to say yeah just wait and see you'll find out when you watch the next episode yeah, yeah as far as the serious theory i really don't know that that is an intriguing title yeah yeah I'm going to guess that Cat Five. Wait a minute. Waiting for God. Waiting for God. Okay. We know that Cat has uh, the Cat people before they were destroyed by Cat the Conqueror had a religion uh, <laughs> uh, uh, based on prophecies, based on the original Cat's memories of yes. uh, of of Lister. So it could be something to do with that. It could involve uh, the cat religion with Lister as the promised savior to take them back to the land of of uh, wherever it was. Fiji. <laughs> yeah, F- Fiji. Fiji. Fiji, yeah. whatever they, they translated Fiji as. So yeah, that's, that's going to be my guess. Okay, brilliant. Well, I think uh, we'll call it a day now. So, uh, say goodbye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.
Prosper. Watch those rod <laughs> Bye.